Welcome to another edition of the Colgate Raider Report podcast. This is Eric Malinowski, and let's start off the show with Colgate women's lacrosse. Before you know it, the women's lacrosse team will be playing their first game of the season, and I'm very excited to be talking to senior captain Madeline Barsha. You are a senior already, Madeline. Does it feel like that, or are you like, where did the time go? Hi, Eric. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I am honestly shocked that I'm a senior. It's flew by and I know it sounds cliche but everyone says time flies in college but it really really does. Now I know this season is as important to you as the other seasons and you probably prepare for it the same way but saying that do you kind of feel a sense of urgency do you feel the fact that you know things don't go your way this season it's not like you have another season to fall back on this is it for you. I think yeah definitely I think that having coming into it and saying like this is our senior season kind of really resonates and makes you feel like this is the last time you have to prove everything we've got as Colgate Lacrosse and as a team to the rest of the Patriot League because over the past four years we've really been able to be more successful and we've kind of been on this upward slope of getting better as a group and getting better as a program so it's exciting to be able to get one more year in to prove ourselves to the Patriot League and see what gets to come. Second go-around as captain for you. First of all, congratulations for being named captain once again, but do you feel you'll be the same captain as last year, or do you look back at your junior season and maybe want to tweak some things as far as your captain's role is concerned? It's a good question. I I definitely think I was learning the ropes from our senior captains last year and got a lot of exposure to what it's like to be that senior captain, so I think I'll be taking a little bit more of a vocal role than I did last year, but um, biggest thing is just setting the tone for the team, always being positive and keeping everybody really excited for this season because I know we have a lot in store and can really be very successful this year. What have you been working on in the offseason, Madeline? Was it kind of a general improvement or were you really honing in on certain aspects of your game? So something we really focused on this fall and, and into the season as we've gotten into preseason is really developing our offense to be a lot more dynamic, and it's been really awesome to see all the improvements we've made so far. But um, we were a little 1v1 heavy last year, and now um, with our new assistant coaches and coaches that came in, they've really been emphasizing moving the ball and being really dynamic and getting everybody touches and being a threat on the offense. It's really bettered our offense for both defense and for us to be playing against our opponents like Loyola and Navy. So our offense looks really dynamic and looks really fast, which is great. And the faster we play, the more of a threat we are in the whole entire team. It was just released that Heather Young will not be the head coach this year, but staying on as a director of ops. Liz Bevel hired as an assistant, now promoted to interim head coach. What's the reaction in the locker room to this, Madeline? We came into preseason. It was the day before our first two-a-day, and um, Coach Young shared the information with us that um, she will, she'll be stepping down, and everyone was obviously shocked and we've created great relationships with coach young through recruiting and being me being here for three years and a bunch of freshmen who have just come in but we love coach young and are excited for her and her husband about this new opportunity and we've had an awesome first couple of months with coach bevel and we're really excited to see all the things she's going to do for our program and we know that she's going to be awesome and every practice we've had so far has just been as fast-paced as exciting as it has been in the past couple of years so we're really looking forward to having her as our head coach. Yeah, Madeline, tell us a little bit more about Liz. How is she connected with the team? What do you feel that she brings to the table? She really emphasizes hard work, and she really emphasizes discipline and consistency, which is 
something that has been a value with Coach Young as well. But um, she was able to really come in and get relationships started with all of us right right as she um, started in the summer and into the fall. And she has been really creating great practice wins for us so far. And only, I guess it's been five days of her as this interim head coach. And she's been making sure that we're getting down the fundamentals and getting down a lot of conceptual things in terms of defenses. And Erica, um, the other assistant, is also helping us in terms of doing things with our offense and getting these new motions in and helping us really bring up our pace and get to a better level, which has been really awesome across the board, especially spearheaded by um, Coach Bevel. Do you feel being a captain on a team where now you have an interim head coach maybe is even more important because you may be the conduit, you and your other two teammates that are captains, to the rest of the team? I mean, if you guys buy in to what Liz is teaching and coaching and want you guys to do that the rest of the team will kind of buy in as well. Yeah, definitely, Eric. I think that this is definitely a very pivotal time to be a captain and a leader, especially when we're going through this transition period. But I think that our whole senior class and a lot of our upperclassmen have really, as well as the captains, obviously have created this kind of sense that nothing's changing and our goals are completely the same. And everyone is really buying into it as we're keeping everybody positive, upbeat, and really excited for this season because we're trying to emphasize that we can go far and we've only gotten better over the past couple of years. And we know that under Coach Bevel and our other coach, Erica, we'll have a very successful season if we're all buying into it. And something we said to each other um, a couple of days ago was, we're the ones playing the game and we can control the pace and we can control how hard we work. So that's something we all have to buy into and that's coming from our leadership across the seniors, captains, and all the way down into our juniors, sophomores, and freshmen. So it's been really great so far and we're all really excited for the season. I'm talking to Madeline Barsha, star defender for the Colgate women's lacrosse team on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. A new wrinkle on the schedule this year. You have to be excited for that trip to Georgia to play Mercer. Have you ever been? No, never, never been to Georgia. We had our trip down to North Carolina and uh, Virginia last year, but never been to Georgia, so we're definitely excited. In Wagner, I know a lot closer to Hamilton, New York, but still, that's got to be an exciting one on the schedule for you. It's got to be like a homecoming of sorts, right? A lot of family and friends will be at that one. For sure, we have we have a lot of um, players from the tri-state area, a lot from New Jersey, a couple from Long Island in that area, Connecticut too. So I think we'll get a lot of fans turning out for Wagner and. They're a great program. They have a bunch of great coaches, so it'll be a good change-up and probably a good matchup as well. Madeline, I know every Patriot League game is very important, but is there maybe one or two in particular or a certain opponent that you really like to face off with? Are there any of those Patriot League games that you're really looking forward to this year? Mm -hmm. The Patriot League has been getting more powerful as in the years past, and it's really, really exciting because there's so many potent teams in it. But um, just from last season, getting to play Navy after our um, overtime loss to them, we're very, very excited to play them again because we know we have the capability to win. And I think we're all really excited to get to play BU again because we had that run and that quarterfinal uh, home game against them that didn't end the way we wanted to. But we know that we had things to work on and we're working on them now. So we're really excited to meet those two teams. And a bunch as well, but those two teams in particular. As I was doing my prep work for the interview, Madeline, something that randomly jumped out at me in the team roster photo shoot, you're the only one with a maroon headband. Do you have a corner on that market? Is that always your go-to color? So that's that's like my one 
actually headband that I have that I love the best. I think I got it two years ago, and it was in a maroon versus white competition that we do, and our team actually won it. So one of my coaches sent it in the mail, and that's the headband that's stuck with me since then. So I guess it's my trademark, but it's definitely one of my favorite headbands to wear. I saw in your bio that back in the day during your high school days, you competed in track. What was your event or events? I did indoor track for a short two years. I did the indoor thousand, so I really did not like it that much, but it definitely prepared me a little bit for lacrosse and field hockey that I played in high school. But I am baffled by how people are passionate about track. It's really inspiring because I know that running is not the most fun, especially inside when you're going for that long. It's great to see that Haley O'Hanlon is furthering her lacrosse career. I know you both are very busy, so are you able to keep in touch with Haley at all? We've spoken a few times. It's great sometimes. Well, almost every year the seniors come up for homecoming and we all get together with our old team and also the freshmen who have just come in and see how all of them are doing. But we still Snapchat. Everybody keeps up in our old team group chat on Snapchat and see how everybody's doing. It's weird to see all of them in the real world working and um, love how Haley's still involved in lacrosse and going professional. It's great. Speaking of in the real world and working, before you know it, you're going to graduate at Colgate, Madeline. Are you still kind of seeing what's out there for you in the future or do you know what you're going to do after graduation? Fortunately, I know what I'm going to do after graduation. I had an internship um, in finance at Goldman Sachs last Um, summer and I got a return offer. So I'll be starting out there as an entry-level position and hopefully things will go well from there. Congratulations. And is the education you have received at Colgate everything you expected? It's everything I've expected and more, I have to say. I really didn't understand or comprehend what an education at Colgate would have meant when I was working here in high school. Um, I was still so young and didn't really understand what a liberal arts education would actually mean and offer to me. But I've been able to learn how to interact with other people and work in groups and be in small classes where I have to speak up and share my perspectives. And it's been such a really interesting time to be a college student with all things that have gone on in our society and things that have changed. And it's been really great to take classes across all different disciplines and learn a lot about all these different kinds of areas of research that have really opened my perspective on the world, and I continue to be challenged every day in all of my classes, which is really wonderful. Great to have you on the Colgate Coaches Show at the Colgate Inn last year, and now great to have you on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Madeline, best of luck this season. Thanks so much, Eric. That is senior captain for the Colgate women's lacrosse team, Madeline Barsha, on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. You have a tune to the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Thank you very much to senior captain Madeline Barsha. And now we are talking to Colgate women's lacrosse interim head coach Liz Bevel. Welcome to the show, Liz, and congratulations on being named interim head coach of Colgate. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate it. So let's rewind to August, first and foremost. What was your reaction when you heard you got the assistance job at Colgate? I was very excited to uh, accept the position here at Colgate. I actually grew up um, in central New York. I was a JD Red Ram, and so I spent my summers on the Colgate campus attending a camp. It was the All-American Lacrosse Camp. Um, so it was a pretty cool thing to, to now be applying for a position on the campus to be able to work at the university where I kind of grew up learning lacrosse and had a lot of fun um, learning from different coaches all around and growing the game here. So, you know, I think it was, it was very exciting to have me go back and 
reflect on the time that I had been here as a student athlete in high school and then now have the opportunity to coach student athletes at the college level here at Colgate. During your high school days when you were on the Colgate campus, did you think you would return there one day? Was that a goal of yours or did it just kind of work out that way? It just worked out that way. I definitely, um, I knew in the back of my mind in high school that I wanted to be a coach. My father is a college coach as well. So I had that in the back of my mind, but I never envisioned that I would land a job at Colgate. So you come here as an assistant and now Mm -hmm. most recently you find out your interim head coach, kind of a pinch yourself moment, sort of surreal. Definitely. Um, It was a very overwhelming weekend. I'm a big planner. So, um, you know, I obviously didn't plan for this to happen, but it's a job I've been working towards. Um, You know, obviously my ultimate goal is to be a head coach. So I think this is a great opportunity. And I'm so lucky that uh, Nikki Moore, Mary Berto and Heather Young, you know, have entrusted me to run the program for the remainder of the spring. How has your mindset changed? Or maybe it's still in the process of changing Mm -hmm. since you just found out. But how has your mindset changed? changed or going to change now from being an assistant to being in charge? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some aspects that need to change, but a lot of it does stay the same. I think um, in the fall, myself and along with Erica, Jeremy and Mathers, the assistant, um, you know, we both came in, had played together at Cortland, um, and we always ran, you know, a high and in, high intense kind of program and, you know, up and down the field, you know, we're playing fast. So I think, With that being said, we really tried to instill that in the Colgate girls this fall. So that hasn't changed at all. We, you know, we still have the same goals. We still have the same values and culture here on the team this spring. So, um, you know, that aspect hasn't changed. You know, there's just a lot more paperwork and phone calls that are on my desk now. But like I said, I'm happy to kind of embrace those things as, you know, the interim head coach. How much of a blessing in disguise was that, Liz, the fact that if you are thrown into a position where you're interim head coach, that you have an assistant that you're very familiar with and you have a working relationship with, like Erica? Yeah, we're very lucky. Um, You know, we are on the same wavelength of things. We, you know, sometimes are finishing each other's sentences. Um, So I think it was really awesome to right away come in and we have, you know, again, similar styles of of play and how we played in college together under Kathy Taylor, who's now the head coach at LeMoyne. So I think that was great to not really have to rebuild a relationship with somebody. It's just been really easy to plan practices and to, you know, put our little fun twists on things of stuff that we've done in the past you know, and, and put it here into the program at Colgate. I'm talking to Liz Bevel, Colgate women's lacrosse interim head coach on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. How important is it that Heather Young, who has meant so much to this women's lacrosse program, is staying on right now as director of ops? I'm sure you'll have a ton of questions along the way. Yes, I think it's huge. Um, I feel so lucky that I don't, you know, lose her as a mentor. I can just walk across the hall still to her office and ask her any questions. In her new role, she cannot do any on-field instruction, but she can still help us behind the scenes and, again, in terms of fundraising paperwork. Um, And then she's able to help us still do, you know, breakdown of opponents and um, reflect on her past years with the program and give us some insight on the teams we're going to be seeing this spring. So it's it's really important that she's here and we're very lucky that, you know, she's not just up and leaving um, and that we get a couple more months to learn from her and, and get all the knowledge we can from her. What's your initial impression of the 2019 Colgate women's lacrosse roster that you inherited? 
the girls came ready to work this year. So we started off this weekend with double sessions. So we're already six practices into the season. They've been looking great so far. The energy is there. The work ethic is there. They're ready to embrace the change and the challenges, you know, that are going to come this season. But I told them on, you know, Friday night when we found all this out that, you know, this was their first test with the coaching change and they're passing that test so far. Um, so I think the, again, the energy's there, the excitement for this season has been great and they're ready to go. From an X's and O's standpoint, will this team look much different this season, Liz, or will it look very similar to what we saw a year ago? I think we're going to switch some things up. Um, I think, the again, the kind of the behind-the-scenes stuff of what we talk about in the office of playing fast and doing the fundamental things well, I think that has stayed the same, um, again, from conversations with Coach Young and myself and Erica in the fall, and it's the, still the same conversations um, when we're planning practices and, and planning for future games. So, um, you know, that's kind of to be determined, but, again, I think at the end of the day, those fundamental things, you know, we're really going to be looking to push the speed and, um, you know, execute our our plays on offense and defense, uh, you know, just as they did last year. What do you hope to gain from the exhibition with Marist? I think Marist will be a great opportunity for us to see what we need to work on. Um, Obviously, preseason is only three weeks long, so we are already starting to implement some offensive sets, different defensive schemes this week, and it'll be a chance for us to put those against another opponent. Um, And that's the biggest thing. Anytime you scrimmage somebody is we're not going to be playing ourselves where the midfielders know both sides of the ball. Um, It'll give us that chance to play somebody fresh, somebody new, and then see what we need to work on and see what we did really well. And um, it'll refocus our practices for the week ahead leading up to Vermont. What do you know about the Patriot League? How familiar are you with the league? Yeah, well, I'm a lacrosse junkie. So again, growing up in upstate New York, you just are around lacrosse 24-7. My dad's a college lacrosse coach. So, um, you know, I've always followed Division One lacrosse you know, even though I haven't been in a coaching position in this division yet, but um, the Patriot League is one of the toughest leagues, again, just from the standpoint of what you're bringing in individually with your athletes. Um, You know, they're really a true student athlete in a sense, so I think there's some great competition within the Patriot League. You have Loyola and Navy who are ranked in the preseason top 20 right now, so, you know, doesn't get much better than that to be playing teams in the top 20 and you know we hope to be able to have some close games with them for all the women's lacrosse fans listening to this podcast any significant rule changes this year that fans may notice at the games or is it pretty much similar to past years yeah, last year was our big rule change year. We had so many with uh, free movement, being able to pick the ball up out of bounds and running right in. We changed the draw rule and then obviously the shot clock. So if you tuned in last year, you're going to see the, the same thing. I think teams will just be a little bit you know, more going with the flow of things and feel more comfortable with all those rule changes as last year it was a little bit of a growing year for everybody. How was your experience last year at Colorado Mason Grand Junction? Yeah, I had a great time last year. Um, you know, I was coaching with another former Cortland uh, alumni out there. So I love the weather. I am definitely missing the weather right now, but um, our season was great. We had our four losses. Three of them ended up being to Regis, who went on to make it to the final four. So um, we had some really great competition out there as well. And our other loss was to Lindenwood, who was in, um, you know, the top five most of the season last year in Division Two. So I think it was a great 
great stepping stone and opportunity to get me ready for you know a Division One job and to be in some warmer weather for a little bit too. What fond memories do you have from your playing days at SUNY Cortland? You know, my biggest memories are a lot of off the field stuff. I had such a great time there. Um, you know, I think Cortland and playing Division Three really get that student athlete experience because it is so limited and what we're able to do as a team in the off season. But um, you know, we had some very successful teams there. We went to four Division Three Final Fours. So um, you know, all those bus trips to those you know, specific games and, uh, you know, leading up to it and each season kind of saying, you know, are we going to be able to get back there, you know, was a lot of fun. And we, we worked hard to get there. And, you know, it's a great memory to look back on. And some of my teammates from those teams are still my best friends today. As you mentioned earlier in the podcast, you're a native of Jamesville. How nice is it that your first job as a head coach comes close to home? It's pretty cool. Um, I feel very lucky. I got to FaceTime my grandparents who are down in Florida last night and tell them the news. And um, I I said, you might want to start looking for some tickets back home so to catch a game. So they're really proud and excited. And I have a lot of family in the area, friends in the area. So I know everyone's going to be pretty excited that, you know, not only did I get this position, but they're going to be able to come watch me, you know, on the sidelines this year. Liz, welcome to Colgate. Best of luck, and I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, Eric. That is Colgate women's lacrosse interim head coach Liz Bevel on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Bobby Pennington, Colgate University tennis coach, now my guest on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. So everyone knows the format has changed. The one-time live coaches show has now turned into the ever-popular Raider Report podcast At least it's popular at my desk at work. But the biggest drawback of not doing the live show anymore is seeing your beard, Coach. Now, even though we are talking on the phone, I hope you pretended like nothing has changed and kept your beard at a length that I would approve of. Actually, the length is at its all-time best right now. Um, I I trimmed it down uh, January 1st. That's going to be the last time for a while. But due to the third kid in September, it's getting a bit gray now and salt and pepperish. So... I'm really excited about that. I think it should really help the team. (laughs) So Colgate told me I could get myself a podcast co-host. I advertised it nationally, and I thought my one requirement, I only had one requirement, was a fair one, Coach. You have to be Bobby Pennington. Suffice to say, I haven't filled the spot yet. Yeah, that's that's very flattering. I appreciate that, and I'm with you. I actually did a little podcast. It's like an all-sports podcast down in uh, Palm Beach, Florida, a couple times just on national tennis stuff. So I'm expanding, and it's NCAA compliant. When you were the great kazoo from Kalamazoo, podcasts weren't even invented yet, right, Coach? That was my college internship. I was the great kazoo. That was my that was my radio moniker. You've really done your homework. You know I do, Coach. Where do I get my Tennis Pro magazine with you in it? Are you going to make that happen, Coach? Yes, yes. Thank you for noticing that. I, I will get you a copy of it with a uh, signed Sharpie. Yep. You have to be an actual USPTR pro to get that, but I think you're you're on your way. If it's more than just pictures, Coach, you might have to send me a narration of the article as well, but I can give it an old college try and try to read. Please do. What I liked when I saw you at a basketball game, Coach, you put the fist out well in advance, so there's no room for interpretation. I'm like, great, we fist bump, we go on our day. Have you ever been caught in the awkward handshake meets fist? Rarely. That's a great question. I stick with predominantly 
just the fist for that reason, and I'm germaphobic. That, that's the two reasons. But I did see the awkward fist-hand exchange two nights ago between Mayweather and Pacquiao at a Lakers game, and it was ugly. It was very ugly. I don't know about you, Coach, but it takes me some time to recover. Hopefully there's a shower nearby where I can kind of just refresh and hope my day goes better. But, uh, yeah, it's very uncomfortable. So we're on the same page with the fist. All right, let's talk some tennis, shall we, Coach? Tell us a little bit about this year's women's team. Well, the ladies are a young team. Um, we don't have any seniors on the squad. We got four of our top six returning from last year, plus a couple very solid freshmen. So very young team, but they seem very eager to start the year. And what about the men's squad, Coach? Men's squad, coming off our best season in about 20 years. So we're super excited. We returned the real core of the team. We lost our number one, Jacob Doherty, but we returned every other single starter and guy from last year and we gained a couple good freshmen so I think we should be uh, very competitive. How have the preparations been for Sienna coach? We got back last week it's kind of a rush preseason but you know we've we've had about five good practices so far a few more to go. Sienna actually we beat him last year but we had some three setters Jack next to me won a won a real marathon last year um, and they're they actually are getting better every year so we're looking forward to opening with them. Personnel much different from a year ago for the Saints or pretty much the same? Pretty similar. Pretty similar. Um, I don't think they have any you know, superstars that came in. They returned a lot of guys, but we're going to respect them just because of last year. I think four of the six singles matches went three sets, so we're, we won't be surprised. You know, we'll, we'll be ready to go. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to start with our doubles, really. That, that's one of the biggest things. Now, for the women, they have a Patriot League match the very next day, Coach? Yes, that's very unusual. Uh Army's coming to play. They're actually local. They're playing Syracuse and they're playing Cornell, so it worked out that way. But that's typically about a month or two earlier than expected for that. Now, is that tough to prepare for? First Patriot League match so soon, right after the Siena match, or you're all for it? I'm not all for it, but I'm going to do it. Uh, <laughs> we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> now, Coach, can I ask this question? Because I looked at the schedule and I'm like, hmm, when do the men play Army? I don't see him on the schedule. I'm like, Army West Correct. Points. What's happening there, Coach? You know, that's uh, – I got to be PC, but that's, uh, you know, that's that's a shame. Our, I guess they're just scared to play us. You know, but bottom line is um, for the Patriot League, you don't have to play every team. And Army men, you know, they took a couple losses to us a little while back and back-to-back years, and they really haven't wanted to play since, so it's too bad. Taking nothing away from your men's squad, but it may be the salt and pepper beard intimidation as well, Coach. No question. No question. That could be a big big part of it. Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank you for noticing again. February 10th, Lemoyne at Colgate, heart awareness match, Coach, a cause close to your heart. Remind the listeners out there why that is and what this match means to you, Coach. Well, it's our third one in a row. Um no secret, obviously, my, I'm very passionate about the cause. My son Clifford had uh, a real life-saving heart surgery a couple years ago, and Galasano in Rochester is where it was done, and obviously indebted to them for that. It was a major procedure, and he came through it with flying colors. Every year we do this match. We wear a special jersey. The guys and girls get you know kind of red headbands, everything red for the heart awareness. We have a ton of people that come out. We try to sell 100 T-shirts, and all proceeds go to this, so... We call it the Cliff Strong match for a reason, and we're lucky to play Lemoyne because Jeff Lonsack, the coach there, uh, is a great friend of mine, former assistant coach, and we're super excited about it. Three kids now, Coach? Are you keeping up? No, but you know what? I'm trying my best. That It's a wild scene at the Pennington house. Three kids under five years old. We added Parker Pennington to the fold in September, so 
I'm trying to mentor them as much as I can, just like the teams. What's your favorite kids show? Have you picked out a favorite go-to oh. Disney show? Ah, uh, that's a great question. We watch. Uh, we, yeah, that's a good one. We like PJ Masks a lot. What else do we like here? We we mix it up. We're we're in. Um, they like Abby. They like Abby Hatcher these days. Um, Moana. My son's a big Moana fan right now. How can't you be? He got the hook for Christmas, the Maui hook, which was big. Do you so sing my, along? He sings along to the songs. My daughter just loves the LOLs. She loves those little LOL toys. So that's her thing right now. But, no, it's a busy household. It's a lot, always a lot of movies and shows going on. A lot of entertainment. Back to PJ Masks. Have you ever dressed up as Catboy or no, Coach? Good question. Uh, only on the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> Now, now, when you're saying weekends, Coach, is that Friday through Sunday, or do you just slap it on Saturday, or is it the entire weekend? I mix it up. I do have a lot of onesies, and I like to kind of rotate in between. Who, do, who doesn't, Coach? Let's get back to tennis for a second. Spring break trip going to Florida. I mean, I know that's a little bit down the road, but you are going to Florida, so we have to talk about that. The team must be excited. Yeah, we're counting the hours because this is such ideal tennis weather right now. So we're, we're very excited to get – they need the vitamin D. They need that warmth. We're going to do something different this year. We're, we've always kind of played Northeastern teams. We're going to play a couple of really good schools at their campus. People probably don't know this, but Barry actually won the national title last year in Division Two, so they're extremely good. I would say better than 75 to 80% of Division One teams. Very good. So get some warm training in the sun. They're looking forward to it. You recently welcomed Jordan Rux to the Colgate tennis family. How has she contributed so far, Coach? She stepped in nicely. She kind of came at a difficult time. We lost our previous assistant to Gonzaga in September and our second assistant to Hamilton College down the road. And I was doing the one-man army um, in September. But then we got Jordan. She was the interim coach at Rhode Island last year, so she has some experience. She's done a really nice job just kind of acclimating right away. I didn't have time to check MapQuest, Coach. What's farther away, Hamilton College or Gonzaga in Spokane, Washington? <laughs> That's a good question. Might be the, it might be the latter. They're a good basketball school. Gonzaga, that is, not Hamilton. What have faculty liaisons Jeffrey Berry and Ed Fogarty been up to, Coach? Can you tell them at least that I asked about them? I will tell them. i gotta, I got to reconnect with those guys. They like coming out to the practice and even hitting a few balls from time to time. Uh, but they're good guys. Last I know, Ed was working on his man bun, so I'll have to check in with him on that. You, you've, <laughs> if you could grow hair, would you ever go with a man bun coach or absolutely not? If I could grow hair like a full head of hair? Yes. Dreadlocks all the way. Thank you so much for your time, coach. Oh, before I let you go, just say some kind words about my next guest, very talented youngster for the Colgate men's tennis team, now a sophomore, Jack Ablon. What makes him an integral part of this team? Jack's a great guy to be interviewed today. Jack, uh, big personality. Um, last year, he won a ton of matches for us, singles and doubles. Plays with a lot of emotion, wears his heart on his sleeve. He's a real fighter, and um, I think overall, a great team guy for you to talk to today. You're going to enjoy this. And he can really banter with you every step of the way, so get ready. Has he taken you in a plane yet, Coach? Oh, you've done your homework. I have. Yeah, he says soon. Um, he, you know, I think he wanted to fly here for his official visit. I don't know if that was compliant, but he, <laughs> he, he he's very comfortable. He's very comfortable on the plane. He does a lot of that in the summer in the Cape Cod area, too. Why take a break? Just pass the phone to Jack, Coach, and let's get the second segment of the Colgate men's tennis interviews started here on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Jack, thank you so much for being on the show. How are you? 
course, good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Now, Jack, maybe I have to talk to you a little bit more, but I'm not detecting the Boston accent. Where is it? No, I've uh, I've been trying to cultivate it the past few years, especially as I've gotten older, but it seems my parents kind of let me down in that department, unfortunately. How did the Belmont School get you ready for Division One tennis and allow you to contribute right away, Jack? You had a great freshman season. Yeah, Belmont, thank you. Um, Belmont Hill is actually fantastic. The the, the level of high school tennis there and around the Boston area specifically is very high level. We have a couple guys went to Amherst, Williams, Bowden, I think Claremont as well, a bunch of the really high-level D3 schools, especially my year. So I got to compete and grow up against those guys, um, especially the past three or four years at Belmont Hill. I was actually able to play there on the team since seventh grade, so that really was a good stepping stone for me. As far as skill level is concerned, did something jump out at you right away when you were a freshman saying, oh, the college game is different? What kind of jumped out at you? What was the biggest difference between high school compared to the Division One level? Yeah, I think uh, there's two things. I think definitely the energy that players bring to the court in singles and just the quality of, of movement and aggressiveness that you find in doubles. I think doubles, it's, it's way clearer. It's way more shocking when you get out um, and you start that no-ad set and guys are just firing balls all over the net, just crazy energy. And then singles, guys are constantly trying to get in your face and really get pumped up. So I think there is just everyone has a much bigger presence in college, and that's both evident in their emotion but also their physical game. And that was a little bit shocking, but I think I'm getting used to it now. So, Did you ever hear of Colgate growing up, Jack? I did, yeah. It's actually a very big school from uh, – from around where I am, a couple guys from Belmont Hill actually played hockey here. Um, it was definitely on my list the entire time, so I was super excited when I was able to come do an official with Coach P. Yeah, tell us about the recruiting process, what other schools may have been involved, uh, what other schools were in the mix, Jack, and what was the ultimate deciding factor for Colgate? Yeah, so I was definitely looking to stay in the Northeast. Um, I love, love playing indoor tennis. I think my game Anyone can attest it definitely supports that as opposed to outside. Um, I was looking at definitely some NASCAC schools, a um, couple schools like Georgetown in the, in the D.C., Virginia area, um, even a couple Ivy Leagues as well. But I think what I found at Colgate from the moment I stepped on campus with tennis at least was a team that I could really step in and be an impact player in the lineup, but have plenty of awesome guys to train with, get some awesome competition, and really have a good mix of challenge, but also being able to be out there competing. And I think the school in general, it's just an unbelievable academic fit for me. Socially, it's, it's just a great environment. We have tons of fun here, a lot of great friends, and I just, I always am really, really looking forward to getting back on campus whenever I'm in Boston. So it's a great fit. In light of the recent snowstorm and the single-digit temperatures recently, Jack, well, you're a Northeast guy. Is the weather worse in Hamilton, or is it is it just as bad as far as the winters are concerned in Wellesley, Mass? Oh, it's definitely a little worse. I, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the cold, but when you step out of your room for, for a 6 a.m. lift, 7 a.m. lift, and your fingers immediately go purple, it's, it's definitely tough. Um, but... No, I mean, I love the snow. I love uh, love being inside, playing inside, so it really hasn't affected me too much. But when you wake up and see the wind chill around negative 30, it's definitely uh, 
sends a little chills down your bones. So <laughs> definitely a little tough. Was Coach Pennington's advice to stay warm to uh, steal the Rowdy Raider mascot costume and kind of dress up in that? <laughs> I don't think that he's, he's given me that mentorship yet as far as that goes, but I can definitely see myself doing that in the future with all the energy I bring to, to sports and specifically the tennis court. We'll see if they let me, but I'll throw my hat in there. Wow. So after your successful freshman season, Jack, what kind of adjustments in your game or what did you really hone in on during the offseason? What did you say to yourself that you have to get better at to have an even more successful sophomore year? So I really started off the court um, and spent my offseason getting stronger, getting quicker, a little more flexible. And I think that's, that's just made me a much more well-rounded player coming into the season. I think my strength has always been playing a powerful game, hitting a big serve, um, but I've tried to, to fine-tune some things like my net game, um, just my, my heavier deep ball to really stay in some points, and then obviously just use my weapons more effectively. So I think the off-court training I've been doing has really been helping me in that respect, and I think it's going to pay off big time this year. Lots of wins. What do you like better, Jack, singles or doubles? <sighs> That's a really tough question for me. I gotta say singles, honestly, just because I love being able to get into my opponent's head, just having it be one-on-one, but um, I definitely really, really enjoy playing doubles. Hopefully I'm going to be playing with uh, a good buddy of mine, Rohan Gupta, who's a freshman this year, and I think we really bring an interesting and lively dynamic to the court, so look out for that. It should be fun. Kind of like the movie Step Brothers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that, actually. <laughs> Hopefully I see a pic of you guys in the sweaters, too. Oh, wow. <laughs> Did Mr. Gupta ever make you angry to the point where you kind of wanted to fire a ball at him at the back, or it hasn't come to that level yet? Oh, it definitely has. First day, actually. <laughs> I, I found, found very quickly that he responds very well to, uh, to aggressive banter on the court, mm-hmm. and whenever I compliment him, he seems to play worse. So we've been actually doing the latter. So we'll see if that keeps working out during the season. But <laughs> That's great stuff. Now, at the Belmont Hill School, did you play doubles? Was it exclusively singles? Is doubles sort of new to you, or you're well-versed in both? I'm pretty well-versed in both. Um, the league I played in actually had almost an identical format to, to Division One tennis, where it's six singles, three doubles with repetitions. I spent most of my high school career playing with um, – kid named Ben Lebowitz, who plays for Williams now, and then my last year playing with a kid named Danny Sivan, who actually competes for Hannah Fleckenstein's team over at Hamilton. So I was able to play really all throughout high school and actually focus more on doubles, I'd say, in my USTA tournament career. So definitely pretty well-versed in both, but um, I'm really coming to love singles, I think, in the college atmosphere more than I thought I would. As far as academic life is concerned at Colgate, did you hit the ground running last year or was it an adjustment period? I think I I definitely hit the ground running in most respects. I think in terms of preparing for classes, getting homework done, studying for tests, I was pretty ready for that. But definitely the, the difficulty of some classes and the intellect of some professors was definitely even higher than I had hoped, which was already pretty high. So I think I've, I've settled in now and am enjoying it, but definitely definitely a little bit of a step up. How different is it being a sophomore compared to being a freshman, night and day? Uh, yeah, honestly feel tremendously different. I think I've, I fit better into a sophomore role than a freshman role, especially on the tennis team. I'm, I'm pretty vocal. I like to be a leader. 
Um, and being on campus now, I just feel much more comfortable coming back to a lot of new, but I guess now old friends this year. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a change, but a change I'm loving so far. How has Coach Pennington helped you become a better player? He has been um, the ultimate mentorship enthusiast, as I like to call him. <laughs> He's really just paved the way for absolute banter, having so much fun on the court, and fighting till the absolute bitter end. I think last year I just remember every single time I was in a super deep, contentious match, he really just pulled me through it and seeing him on the side of the court going nuts, almost, actually not almost, definitely more nuts than I was. Definitely uh, that loyalty was super important in getting me through. So he's really helped me out with that. Made it, it's, it's been super fun to play for him and super fun to compete for him. I kid, but in all honesty, knowing Bobby as I do, did he make everyone on the team read his article in Tennis Pro Magazine? <laughs> it was one of those things that wasn't quite mandatory, but you'd be in some pretty deep trouble if you didn't. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Very impressive. I've read a lot of Colgate student-athlete bios before, and I don't know if I've ever seen the line where it says, Federal Aviation Administration rated private pilot and soon to be a certified flight instructor. Um, has this always been a passion of yours, Jack? It has. So I started flying when I was 14 years old. It was something I kind of just grew up with. No one in my family was really into it, anything. I actually had a family friend who's now a pilot for American who got me into it. And since then, I've, I took my first solo flight on my 16th birthday, got my private pilot's license on my 17th, and, and working now towards, as you said, the commercial and the um, certified flight instructor. So I'd say, I mean, it's, it's honestly probably tied with tennis as my, my greatest passion. And I do a lot of stuff in my life that is impacted by that, dictated by that. And, yeah, it's, it's something I, I hold very close. So... Watching that movie with Tom Cruise where he was flying and doing stuff he probably shouldn't have been doing, American, American made, made yeah. American um, made. It seems like there's so many buttons and switches. It just seems so complicated, Jack. Is it that hard or is it pretty easy when you know what you're doing? It really depends on, depends on the weather you're flying in, where you're flying, and what the airplane is. I think I'm at the point where I'm pretty comfortable with a couple airplanes I've been flying since I was 14. If I'm flying around Boston, perfect weather, uh, that's one thing. But if flying up here in Syracuse especially, you get into some dicey stuff with the lake effect snow. I had to take a trip down to Bridgeport, Connecticut a couple weeks ago where that was a little problematic. And even past just uh, flicking the wrong button, you can get yourself into some dicey stuff. So it's, it's a great challenge for me, just like being out on the tennis court by yourself that I really try and embrace. So. Are you the athlete of the family? I see a brother and a sister. Are they athletes as well, or you're the clear-cut athlete of the family? No, I'm, I'm honestly I'm falling in the ranks quickly. Um, brother Carter, who's, uh, I guess he's 16 now, he's an absolute golf stud, hopes to play Division One. He's almost a, a scratch pretty much for his handicap. I think he'll definitely be looking here. We'd love to have him. So he's looking now. And then my younger sister, Paige, um, fantastic softball player and horseback rider. She's, she's definitely the most talented in the family, and my, my draft stock has been slowly decreasing over the years. So a little disappointing. but Jack, Bobby's always tough to follow, but I, I say you hit it out of the park. Great, great Thanks. stuff. I really appreciate it. 
Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Have a lot of fun. That Thank is, you, Eric. We'll be back. Thank you, Bobby. Hopefully next week. And uh, look into that national search for my uh, co-host. It clearly says one requirement. You have to be Bobby Pennington. So see if you can live up to that, okay? That, that, that's going to be a tough challenge. Salt and pepper beer, baby. <laughs> Bobby Pennington and Jack Ablon on the Colgate Raider Report podcast.